This is the Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, the Monty Show, live and rent-free in your heads right here on the old YouTube machine. A pleasure to be with you. As always, we are presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Uh, I know when you get in an accident and you got involved in a, an accident with a trucker and that semi totaled your car and you just have no idea how are you going to pay for your medical bills? How are you going to get a new car? How are you going to get to work? How are you going to work? Let The Advocates handle all of that for you. See, at The Advocates, they know how you feel. They know what you're going through because they've seen this all before they're the most experienced. They're ready to serve you. They're ready to fight for what you deserve because you didn't deserve to get in an accident. You do deserve the advocates. At theadvocates.com, where you can chat with an attorney live online for free. 24-7, 365. It'll never cost you a dime. So you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Hope you all had mad lovemaking last night uh, as Isaiah Stewart punched Drew Eubanks in the face. Should Isaiah Stewart have been arrested? Did you guys hear about this Pistons center who was not playing last night? He has an ankle injury. Got into a fight with Drew Eubanks of the Suns. I'll drop that motherfucker. And he did. He punched Drew Eubanks in the, in the, the face. face. And was arrested and released with a citation. Mm -hmm. Did he deserve to get arrested? Yeah, uh, you can't. I you think can't, he did. You can't do it off the court, bro. I think uh, he did. you can. You can. You can full on Draymond someone in practice if you want. You know, you can get into full on fist fights, yeah. malice at the palace material. You can do all that, and you'll be fine. But, Wild, but you do it in the tunnel. You're asking for trouble. Wild day of news yesterday. Obviously, we'll get to everything that happened in Kansas City. I know all you guys want to talk about is thoughts and prayers. Hey, knock yourself out. That's not going to get the job done, though. We'll talk about the shooting in Kansas City. Uh, we have got to talk about, obviously, what's going on with uh, the Lakers. We have got to talk about what is going on with expanding the NCAA tournament. But where do we start? Ah, uh, yes, the Big 12. And can the Big 12 compete? Very interesting timing that Greg Skanky, the commissioner of the SEC, and I probably, it's actually pronounced Sankey. You guys don't even know his name. We do know his name. <laughs> we do. Uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten. They've been out and about doing interviews, talking about their new alliance. And it's brought a lot of conversations about what is the goal of this alliance and what ultimately happens between the Big Ten and the SEC. And will we at some point, uh, you know, in the worst case scenario, in some people's mind, see the SEC and the Big Ten form their own conference. Again, just talking to people around the college football world, I want to make it very clear that nobody, nobody has indicated that the SEC and the Big Ten want to diminish the role of or destroy, vacate, eviscerate the NCAA. In fact, I think it's just the opposite. What the SEC and the Big Ten are trying to do is provide a clear path forward for their prosperity. That includes the NCAA. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, does that mean that the Big 12 and the ACC are getting left behind? I do not believe that it does. 
But I think that's a possibility because I think we all know that the the ACC, I think, is in a world of hurt. They are in their own realm of stupidity and fear. If you look at the Big 12, I think the Big 12 has one singular hammer, and it is college basketball. It is unquestionably, it is not arguable. The Big 12 is the best college basketball conference in the country and has been now for several years. I believe that that is the hammer that the Big 12 needs to survive. It's not something the ACC can say, and it's not something the Big 10 certainly can lay claim to. And as we currently sit here and as they are constituted, neither can the SEC claim that they are the best basketball conference in the country. But there is no doubt that the NCAA tournament is going to drive more revenue through college athletics. I think it also is a lifeline for the Big 12. But Jake, the question is, should the Big 12 be worried about just surviving in a Big 10 SEC world? I think that, you know, worried might be strong, but I do think they need to be cognizant and they do need to be on top of this thing. You need to understand what the Big Ten and the SEC are trying to do here and where your place in the pecking order is. Because I think we all agree that, you know, it's 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 the SEC and the Big Ten, right? If you're a Big Ten person, you're going to say the Big Ten's better than the SEC. For me, I put those two at a at a higher level, right? And then it was always... For me, the Big 12, the ACC, and the Pac-12 before the Pac-12 melted down. And when I look at the Big 12, basketball, yes, they are the they are the most complete top-to-bottom basketball conference in the country, and I just don't really feel like that's in dispute. But the question for me in terms of the Big 12 survival is going to be who's going to be the next Texas of your conference, if you will? Who's going to be that next big team that can take you into the college football playoff with some reliability because I look up and down this conference. And again, with all due respect to, you know, Oak state, TCU, Kansas, these are not teams that have been in the college football playoff with any type of regularity. Now they're solid teams. They're good teams. They competed at a high level in the big 12, but can the new teams come in and help you be competitive, be relevant? Cause again, that, I think, is the most important word, no matter who you are in college athletics. Are you relevant to TV partners? If 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 your commissioner goes to ESPN and says, hey, this team, we need to get them on TV more, what is ESPN going to say? And that is the luxury that the Big Ten and the SEC have. It's why they it's why they can try to negotiate into, you know, these 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 more conference games. It's why they've dominated the college football playoff in terms of their presence there every single but, year. But let's be honest, the expansion of the SEC is gravitational. You add Oklahoma and Texas and you are unquestionably the football league in this country. The issue for the Big 12 is the the recent expansion, I don't believe helps the Big 12 in football all that much. I truly do not. I think outside of Colorado and Utah, who clearly are are uh, on the plus side in football, I look at Cincinnati, Houston, I think UCF. Uh, UCF's a great story. That is a very good athletic program with big aspirations. Is the Big 12 the, the trampoline that that bumps up UCF into some stratosphere. I don't believe that it is right now. And I think when I look at a university like a Arizona, like an Arizona State, those are troubled athletic departments, which 
make them less enviable. Now, obviously, none of us had any idea that Arizona was in the financial constraints that they were Mm -hmm. and now currently still find themselves in when this announcement was made. But it is what it is in current time. Arizona and Arizona State are are damaged goods in in just about every sport. I think Houston's a basketball powerhouse, but are, are they a football liability? I think there's a large part of that. Did the Big 12 miss out by not getting Gonzaga basketball yet? Now, that's been much bandied about as to whether or not Gonzaga is going to wind up joining uh, the Big 12, and we'll find out. But I think we're looking at a situation where this round of realignment is not the explosive growth that the Big 12 thought they were getting. And I think a lot of that is around football because as much as I love the NCAA tournament and as much college basketball as we have in this country, college basketball is a revenue stream college football is a way of life. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at this situation for the big 12, I don't think the expansion that we saw gives them the leverage that is required to play amongst the Titans, the big 10 and the sec that they hope that they were getting. And I think if, if you are the big 12, you've got to find a way to earn I think increased revenue dollars to help your football programs expand. And I think that's why things like, you know, the big 12 Mexico is a huge deal, right? It is really significant. I I mean, not that it's not that it's on par with it, but you have a university like Utah that's playing softball games in, in Mexico today, right? Like you have big, big 12 universities that are leading the way internationally but what is it going to take to get that to football and move the the Big Twelve football product up the the totem pole? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the only ways that I think you can you can really make strides if you're the Big Twelve in football is by being by fully embracing as a conference NIL and the portal. Uh, you know, as it as it evolves and as it comes into this new era, if you will, once this ruling comes down. Uh, and I think, you know, the reason I say that is because talent wins on the football field, right? If you can be getting, you know, the best talent in the country to come to, uh, you know, your programs in the big 12 and, and you can develop that talent, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to make progress. I mean, you, you, again, you don't have the luxury of being the nameplate that is the, or Michigan or Alabama. You or don't whatever. have the luxury of time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have time to allow development. You don't have time to allow, you know, universities to schedule up. You don't have time. Texas and Oklahoma don't need time. Right? Like you you look at the 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 statements by Chris Del Conte, the the athletic director at Texas, and what you quickly realize is they're they're going and and they're putting their foot on the gas right, right now. Well, which makes sense. I mean, right you have, now you, you're you're moving. So, like for Texas and Oklahoma, I look at those two programs and I say, "Hey, dude, like you're going into the SEC. You have to have success. You have to come in here and establish yourself as a is. I, I, I think in an expanded SEC, top five in the conference. If you're top five in the SEC, you're going to be in the college football playoff uh, in its expanded format. You're in minted. My opinion. Yeah, you're minted. You're 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 established, and so. More so for Texas than Oklahoma, in my opinion. I think that's the mission because, you know, Sark has shown the ability to get the best talent in the country um, and take them from the SEC 
into the Big 12. And now that he's in the SEC, he doesn't even have to fight that fight That's anymore. Right. So to me, I, I look at Sark in Texas and I say, hey, there's no reason why Sark in Texas can't be as good, if not better, than DeBoer in Alabama or Lane Train or any of these other dudes in the SEC. Well, I, I think you look at this right here, and I think we've talked about the SEC playing nine conference games. This has got to be five, eight years. I mean, mm -hmm. the Sabinator's been talking about this for years now. You, if you are the SEC, now more than ever need to play nine conference games. And again, I think this is really significant. Chris Del Conte, the athletic director at, at Texas, said, we have eight games scheduled right now. We're working on going to a nine-game schedule, but we have a ways to go with that. I would say this year we have an eight-game schedule. The following year we will have another eight-game schedule. Then we'll look going at nine games mm -hmm. for a conference schedule. The SEC is not, not waiting for you to decide if you are in favor of nine games. They're going to nine games in 2026. And it's exactly the right move. And I look at this Tony Petiti, uh, you know, Yahoo Sports Ross Dellinger interview where Tony Petiti's talking about how he wants his Big Ten teams now with this newly added depth. And again, what did I say about Texas and Alabama and the SEC? Can't we all say the same thing about Big Ten expansion? USC, Oregon, and Washington, eh, UCLA, going into the Big Ten. That's three out of four of your new members that are power football programs. So what is Tony Petiti saying? Well, I want my universities playing college football games of note. If you have, and notice he didn't say Big Ten games of note. Tony Petiti said, even if you have two or three losses, we want your games in November to matter. Okay, well, well let's take a step further from that. You now have a Big Ten SEC Alliance, what if we get Alabama and Ohio State on Thanksgiving weekend? Mm -hmm. Tell me that that's not a game of consequence. Georgia and Michigan, Oregon and USC, and you're, you're getting these marquee matchups, not in September, in November, that doesn't impact your ability to make the college football playoff uh, on its face because you can still win your conference championship even if you lose that game. Mm-hmm. And if you win your conference championship and you're the Big Ten or the SEC, you're getting into the college football playoff. Now, if you beat Alabama, if you're Ohio State and you beat Alabama and you win, you're 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 probably gonna get a bye week. Yeah, I mean but, it's the old, it's the old huge upside potential with minimal downside risk. Yes. Right. It's 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 hey, if we win this, we're catapulting ourselves up the college football playoff ranks. Uh, and if we lose this, yes, it will hurt, but it but it still allows us to go out and win the conference. And I think that's the brilliance behind this thought. And, and, and I love the idea that these two conferences understand, hey, we do have the biggest brands in college football, and we should use that tool to to set ourselves apart. And I think that's the that's the X factor. This is what I've always said about about the ACC and, and what was the Pac-12. The Pac-12 had a couple of big brands, but they were never the Big Ten or the SEC. And and I think that that the Big Ten, obviously, as we have, have, have gone back and forth about on this show forever, the Big Ten has always been known as playing a soft-ass schedule until the last three weeks of the season. So if we can take it from the last three weeks of the season to the last six weeks of the season, and you can mix in 
uh, out of conference scheduling, so your your conference title is not yes. at risk. I just don't know why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, I I think this is a really we continue every week. It seems like to have a a and I don't want to use big words and dr- drama, but these are transformational conversations. Mm-hmm. Like these meetings that are going to happen with the college football playoff committee are. I mean, these decisions, they're going to 5-7. They're going to 5-7. Like, we talked about this uh, yesterday on the show, Mm -hmm. that you're in a situation where the college football playoff is going to put the five highest-ranked conference champions into the college football playoff, and then the next seven-ranked teams into the college football playoff. That is a huge change. But do you really think we're staying at 12 for the long term? I, there's, I don't think there's a chance in the world that five years from now, we're not at a 16-team college football playoff. I, I There's too much money to be made. Well, at 16 is a really nice number, obviously. You know, I think, well, I think at 16, you know, you're... You're you're looking at it and saying, okay, this is obviously a lot more opportunity for the mid-table teams, right? I mean, I, I think with twelve, you know, you're going to get that scratch-in team who who hovered between fifteen yeah. and twenty uh, in the nation most of the year, and maybe they got that signature win that they really needed, that they were an underdog in, and you know that kind of catapults them into that twelve seed. Um, and, and I think the twelve-team college football playoff is going to be really good. I, I think it's exactly what we need. I think it finds that balance between not being as long and drawn out as the as March Madness, the bracket, but it also draws it out long enough where we as college football fans get more of those big games and we get more opportunities to talk about this team or that team under or overachieving. And I think that's that is what the big boys understand. Hey, if we can just play more of these leveraged games. It, it allows us to be more in the news cycle, which helps our TV partners, which ultimately helps recruiting NIL portal situations. Like it just helps everything to play big games and win on the field. Yes. And, and, and I feel like that thought and that idea is now coming more into focus than it's ever been. And for the ACC, uh, I, if I'm the ACC, I would be using the word worried because you don't really have a team in in your conference right now, uh, outside of Florida State, I guess, uh, who who can go in and and at least be on the same field. I don't think that Clemson, we can say definitively, should be on the same field right now as you know Alabama, Georgia, the not like, in football. Yeah, so like to me, Florida State obviously had a tumultuous season, and I think we all agree they would have got they would have got absolutely torched in the playoff had Jordan Travis stayed healthy. But if you're the ACC, that's all you got. Like, you only have Florida State. So what do you do as a conference to improve? Because you've always been basketball first. Do you, So do you like this idea of scheduling marquee non-con games in November? Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I, I, I think, you know, we always talk about on the show, like, a, as football fans, and me specifically as a football fan, I love the, 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 the big-time, like, <clears throat> NFL matchup as we move into winter. This idea goes right down that same path. Hey, if we can get, you know, that that big time October November game and we can get five or six of those instead of two or three of those, I, I just don't know how that hurts you. I don't know how that like you're talking about cementing Heisman Trophy candidacy. You're talking about yeah. cementing individual awards. You know, you're you're talking about 
just doing more business essentially. And so I, I, as a fan, just as a pure observer of the sport, I love it. I love it. I want more Bama, Texas, Bama, LSU, or, you know, whatever, Ohio state, like whoever you want to point to. I want more of those games. I want more Washington, Oregon. Yeah. I I think there's very little downside to it. We already see historical matchups like USC and Notre Dame every, every winter, early winter, if you will, late fall, like those November games are huge. Um, you know, for viewership and fan interaction, like I, I think that's what you need. If you have these, these one-off events and it, 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 it fits perfectly into the model that we're hearing about where the big guys want to benefit the other big guys so that all the big guys benefit, right? Like that, that's what this is. And again, if, if I'm Alabama, I I understand why you want to play McNeese state Mm -hmm. in November. I totally understand that. And this year, I think we saw that. But I think every college football fan would would buy an extra beer and an extra ticket to see Alabama and Georgia. But wouldn't you also buy an extra beer to see Alabama and, again, Texas? Wouldn't you, Alabama, well, now they're in conference. Okay, well, the SEC is stronger. Well, how do we float the Big Ten up higher? Because I still think the Big Ten has a depth issue, even though that got better with expansion. But if we if we get to see... You know, remember back in the heyday of Pete Carroll at USC, what did we see their first game of the year? Well, we saw USC travel to Orlando, I think it was, to play Auburn. Like, that's a huge game. When you get a Pac-12 Utah traveling to the Swamp to take on Florida, those are big games that fans travel to. It makes more money for hotels, for hot dog vendors, for beer sales, for ticket sales. Everybody wins when you get big games. And when you have an undefeated versus a one loss or another undefeated, and if that is Michigan versus Georgia, I don't see how that's a a loss for anybody. Mm -hmm. Because again, those two teams, they're blue bloods. They're always going to recruit. They're always going to portal. They're always going to NIL. They're always going to send people to other venues to steal signs. It's what they do. That's probably a stretch too far. But my point is, it's what they do. They're always going to be in competition. They're always going to be at the top of the conference as a one or two loss team. So a loss to Michigan or a loss to Georgia in November is not the end of the world. But what it does is cement more power, if you will, amongst the SEC and the Big Ten. And again, I just ask, who's the marquee matchup in the Big 12? If it's, I think it is unquestionably right now, it's Utah. And then... I don't know either. And I think if I am the Big 12, that's my biggest concern. You've put so much money and effort into developing your basketball product that I I think you've, I mean, you clearly did not forget about football. And maybe I'm overstating it. I don't know. Like, am I, am I overstating the vulnerability of Big 12 football? No, I don't think you're overstating it. I, I, I think it's pretty clear. You don't have, Again, it, it used to be that Texas and Oklahoma were your were your big boy nameplates, and everyone else was chasing them. And the problem is, is and I love Kyle Whittingham, and I love Utah, and I love what they find the find a way to do. They're going to compete year one at the top of that conference, and that's not a good thing for the Big Twelve. With all due respect, like like that, you you need to have uh, uh, your competition in the conference should be better than that. And and again, it's it's. You know, it's it's this thing that BYU's going through, right? Like you look at BYU and they're trying to get over the hump still. You look at, you know, again, it's like which Kansas are we getting week in and week out? Are we getting the Kansas that beat Oklahoma or are we getting the Kansas that underachieves and disappoints? Yeah. You know, again, but you look around the conference 
you know, K-State, TCU, Kansas, uh, Oklahoma State. What what kind of year is the Mullet going to have this year? Because they started off rough this year and finished with nine wins, I think it was, and you had no business being on the same field as Texas. Like, that's your problem. You're just not as good as these other these other uh, conferences. So I guess the way that pans out for you, honestly, is, yeah, obviously your conference champion is going to get into the college football playoff, but can you get two, three, maybe four contenders working on the college football playoff so that when the mm-hmm. ranking does come out, it's your conference champion and two other teams? Because if you yeah. can have three teams in the college football playoff every year, you really should be fine. You really should be fine. But it's those years where you just have one that really is, is not. It's that year we have one in the playoff and then you don't do anything in the tournament. That's going to hurt you. And I, I I, still maintain in, in in terms of the Big Ten exclusively here. You look at Ohio State and Michigan. They're going to control their schedule. They're going to tell you as they are now. I'm not going to L.A. I'm not playing night games in the cold at home in November which I think is really smart because if you're Michigan, you don't want to get Kleob coughed and send USC to the Palouse on a Friday night to end their playoff hopes, yeah. right? Like the, they, the big 10 is, is smarter than that. And I think if, if you're the, if you're the big 12, you have to learn the lessons of your former ally, the PAC 12. And I think you have to, to steal the ideas of the sec and the big 10 in football because I, I I don't think there's any doubt that Brett Yormark is a is a uh, a a genius, but a high level operator in business acumen. The Rucker Park stuff, the Mexico stuff, the basketball branding, separating those business units, brilliant. Now you have got to turn your focus. You've spent a lot of focus there. Turn your focus to Big Twelve football. Turn your focus to Big Twelve football, and take from what Michigan and Ohio State do in the Big Ten which is, hey, we're going to play our game. And historically, they play on what? The last weekend, of Thanksgiving weekend in November? That that game's never going to change. But my question is, like, if I look at USC schedule, USC um, always is going to have UCLA and Notre Dame to end the season, right? I think we all agree right. with that. Yep. Right? USC's got that big game built in to end their season pretty much every single year. This year, Notre Dame's on the last weekend of November. And it's it's in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. That's sizing up based on the recruiting and the rankings right now and the projections. That's sizing up to be a, a, a playoff, impactful football game. Right. Right? And I think that really helps USC, and it really helps Notre Dame. I think Michigan, Ohio State, every year has conference championship implications, college football implications. You're not going to change that much history. But I'm telling you, the SEC and the Big Ten, I believe they are going to have November marquee matchups of consequence. And maybe you're right. You guys are probably you guys are probably thinking to yourselves, like, why would you do that? Because I think it is, I think it's a moneymaker. Yes. I do. Before we get to the comment section, drop your comment on should we expand the NCAA tournament? Because I also think this is one of those things. I I don't know how big you can make this tournament. I don't know if, if because at some point you are going to devalue the conference championships and the, the conference basketball tournaments, which I think are so important to fan bases. I think when you look at the Big 12 basketball championships, I think when you look at 
the Big Ten has been so bad in basketball for so long, and it just feels like they're not relevant. Mm -hmm. But I look at the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. Those are three really good brands. It's one of the reasons we're going to miss the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 basketball tournament was a lot of fun. I've been to several, and they are a that was a good time. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting when you look at you know ways you could expand the tournament. I, I'm not sure that it necessarily needs expanding, but I think from a revenue standpoint and from you know just a growth standpoint, it's going to get expanded. And I think the only question remains is it, is it going to be a thing where you you just you know find a way to keep it at round numbers and add another 20 30 teams and we just extend it a week or or can yeah. we get into a place where maybe you know and again this would be this would be a lot of evolving but i think you know i look at that tournament and i say dude you've got enough teams to stretch this thing out over most of the season if you wanted to i mean you could you could have a situation if you wanted to where where you could be playing the first and second round of the tournament, you could spread all those games out over the course of the season. That way you still have March Madness, but we have that buildup to it. And I think those are the kind of things where it's like, okay, I might be interested in that. It could be cool to have, hey, this is this is this is a tournament game in in, you know, in April or whatever in February that you know, matters in terms of, are you going to play in March? I think that could be a really interesting proposition. I think some of the issues in expanding the NCAA tournament, and I think just about everybody recognizes you've got a contract through 2032. That's going to be a huge hurdle. But the other issue is 27 of the 64 are automatic qualifiers. Mm -hmm. And who usually gets those automatic qualifiers? Yeah, Jimmy's Taco Shop institute of hard taco shell frying <laughs> it's those lower tier cinderella davidson your mom's knitting circle university that right. gets those 27 aqs most of them right so can you cut that number can you i don't know are you going to have half of the tournament get in on automatic qualifiers i think that'd be very difficult to do yeah I think you've got to find an economical way of creating more games at more venues that unquestionably benefits the sport. So more Cinderella stories are going to have to have access to the tournament. And it can't just be a thing where you're expanding the NCAA tournament so the bottom half of the Big Ten gets in. That can't be why you expand the, the NCAA tournament. Because basketball is very different than football, right? Basketball, church ball matters in basketball, right? AAU makes NCAA tournament ready players. Basketball's different. It is much, much deeper. It is much, much more expansive. Right. And the ability and the, the accessibility of basketball is so much more pervasive across the country and now across the globe that the lower level teams can beat your best teams. We see it on a consistent basis in March that, well, Cinderella's got her slipper. Right. Right. Like we see that every year. And the idea that, you know, the San Diego States of the world and the FAUs of the world are playing for national championships is phenomenal. So you can't, if you're going to expand this thing to limit that, you can't expand this thing. Yeah, I think you have to have the ability if you are going to expand the NCAA tournament and 
let's not pull any punches. They're going to expand the NCAA tournament. Yeah. There's too much. And if we talk about the weakness of Brett Yormark in football, his power in basketball, and he's got legitimate power in basketball. He wants more access for more teams in the Big 12. And I'm I'm down with that. I think this league is deep. I think it is the best league in the country. But the Patriot needs as much access as the Big 12 gets. Right. That's that's what I'm worried about. The WCC, the the smaller leagues in this country need more access. If you're going to give the Blue Bloods all of the power in football, you can't limit the little guy in basketball because they actually have the ability to win the whole damn thing. Yeah, it's so different the way, you know, players bounce around in basketball. You know, yeah. the 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 idea that, you know, hey, one player in your starting five can make that much of a difference for you on your season is is crazy. And I and I think, yeah, your your football's pretty cut out. Football's pretty, pretty established now. You understand who's got access and who doesn't. But basketball, that's why I think we all love basketball because you never know who's got access. You never know who who's going to come out of the woodwork and all of a sudden, you know, we get we like the 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 K-State thing last year, right? Where where you've got them doing locker room dance videos and it was a phenomenon for a week, right? Like, you know, and coach Tang is is all of a sudden a I'm celebrity. Sorry, did you say Tang? Yeah, coach Tang uh is a celebrity, right? Like that's the beauty of college basketball. So even for me as someone who I'm not necessarily just, man, at the edge of my seat, you know, waiting for some riveting January college basketball game. That's not really how it works for me. But yeah, as we work into like today's the 15th of February, as we work into March, like, yeah, I, you're obviously going to start paying more attention and bracketology season rolls up on us. We all get involved. And I think that's why for the little guy, it matters so much in basketball to continue to have access. And by the way, we need to keep saying it. This NIL situation is going to have a huge impact on the little guy in basketball. Right? I think it is. Because the big boys have money to go out and get these guys now. The, they can go out and say, hey, we'll pay you more. Come and play for us. We're Duke. We're, you know, we're Kentucky. It just means more. Yeah. Yeah. M money. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was laying in bed last night thinking about all of you. The cack. Uh, you know, uh, but I was laying in bed last night looking at the 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 top 25 men's pool. And if you look at, at 16 through 25, it's Dayton, Creighton, St. Mary's, BYU, uh, Jake Retzloff in an hour, um, Wisco, Virginia, Kentucky, Indiana State, that's a legitimate Indiana State team, Florida Atlantic, and, and Oklahoma. And I look at Oklahoma and the Big 12. The Big 12's footprints are all over this pole. But you look at the, the depth of the little guy. You look at how legit Marquette is this year in basketball. Mm -hmm. You look at how legit the Big East is in basketball this year. But think about Marquette. Marquette, like it's hilarious that in the modern era of college basketball, Marquette gets thrown into the little guy pile when Marquette used to be a juggernaut. And that's how quickly things can change, you know? Yeah. And and so to me, it's like, dude, if Marquette's playing for a national championship, that's going to be a big deal in college basketball, man. Like, uh, like with all due respect to San Diego State and FAU, like, like if you can get, in terms of the big picture and the health of the sport, if you can get like an old school brand like that, 
that has a huge fan base just chilling, that's going to be huge for you. But how does that happen? Well, you got to continue to have access. You got to continue to allow these schools to go out and get the talent. And if yeah. you do that, they're going to be there. Yeah, and I, I think when I look at when I look at the the North Carolinas of the world, Armando Baycott's not getting in the transfer portal. No, right? Like you're you're not. It it it's a di- college basketball is different. I'm telling you, you cannot you cannot cut off the little guy. Yeah, you can't do it. It, it basketball, I think, is a very is a very different thing. By the way, one thing real quick. Um, Caitlin Clark tonight. Yeah. Is going up against, I believe, Michigan uh, to break the all-time career scoring record. Ticket sales are through the roof. Pricing is through the roof. We're talking about, I I, I think Scott Van Peltlat tonight had a segment where $8,000 tickets to a women's college basketball game. Yeah. Eight, I said $8,000. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Super Bowl. Eight, it's wild. And I will sit here every single day on this show. And I will tell you every single day on this show, Caitlin Clark is vitally important to women's sports in this country and the empowerment Best. of 10-year-old women in this country, 10-year-old girls in this country to play basketball and believe that they can play basketball and believe that they can matter. If you are a father of daughters, make them watch Caitlin Clark tonight. I, I, I am begging you, make them watch Caitlin Clark tonight because it is something that you're not going to see often. Yeah. And when you look at exactly what we are, what we are in store for with this record and this moment, and we start to see the emergence of the women's game. And and you start to understand that somebody like Caitlin Clark and the money that she makes can power your daughter to a, a life of confidence and success. Make your daughters watch this game tonight. Make them understand. Hey, you know, I know that even if they're not sports fans, hey, I know that you don't, you don't watch women's college basketball, but look at the passion and the power that's in this arena tonight. Think about that. It's a women's college basketball game, and Carver Hawkeye is going to be lit. It is going to be packed. It is There are going to be celebrities there. It is going to be loud. It is going to be raucous. It is going to be celebratory. And I hope that you will bring your daughters to the TV screen. Because I think it it is a moment that could have significant impact on their lives. We rarely get to see, especially at the college level, we rarely get to see a female be the talk of the sports world. We rarely get to see a female be a role model at this level that we are going to see tonight in, in Iowa City. And I think it's critically important. And I don't care if you're a basketball fan. It is a historical moment. And I really hope, I really, really hope that you will bring your daughters to the television. Yeah. Because it is it is massive. It is absolutely massive. Uh, don't forget to download the Prize Picks app, prizepicks.com. Download the yeah. app and win yeah. like money. Yeah. That's every day.
Yeah. Winner, winner, chicken dinner last night. Screw you, Alex Caruso. And he had four rebounds. He got two. But your boy took home two or three because Victor Wambin, your mama, gave me two three-pointers. Cha-ching. And then, of course, the soon-to-be NBA MVP, Donovan, Donnie, New York Knickerbocker to be Mitchell, came through with a huge night again. Yeah. Battled through, almost lost to my beloved Chicago Bulls. Yeah, good thing almost doesn't count. Yeah, he almost went to Chicago and died. Chicago. Uh, but Donnie came through as well. Uh, won myself $34 last night on prize picks. Life is good. Yeah. Life is good. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Spring training is open. Uh, a month from today, I will be in Scottsdale, Arizona. I will be... It's spring training for the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs, man. I cannot wait. Yeah. I absolutely cannot wait to play baseball, prize picks. It's amazing. Download the app. Use the promo code Monty. And hey, hit me up on, well, I don't really look at Twitter very much anymore as we're about to talk about. Uh, (laughs) But hit me up on Twitter. uh, DM me on Instagram. Let's share picks. Yeah. uh, Become a member of the show. Uh, We talk about prize picks pretty much every day in our members only uh, Instagram group. Uh, which if you hit the join button right now, 10 bucks a month gets your comments highlighted and read on the show. And you get into our members only Instagram group. It's a great community. Unfortunately, OG Gary's in that group. So it, there is the stench of <laughs> your favorite 50, 50 college teams. Cause Gary's got like 65 college teams. Yeah. So he talks about every one of his 107 favorite college teams now that he's a fan of to make sure he's a fan of everybody who wins. Um, you know, it is what it is. Hit the join button, join the membership and download the prize picks app. Use the promo code Monty to get a hundred percent deposit matching at prizepicks.com. Shout out to Sean Rollins who gives the Monty show membership. Appreciate you, Sean. Thank you so much for growing the community. Edward Wayner. Like number 27. Y'all need to wake up and hit the like button. Support the YouTube yahoos. Yeah. Uh, yes, please do. Um, we've had 500 something people watch a show. 32 likes. Come on, hit the like button, man. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Helps program grow. Let's do it. 115 people watching the show and only 32 likes. Come on. We can be better than that. Program. Boyd Lake. What's up with you? How are things? Uh, Steve Stepanek. The big 12 produces the best quarterbacks that are in the NFL here of late. They have Patrick Mahomes in Texas tech. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, the NFL draft belongs to the SEC. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Um, you look at. And there have been some good Big 12 quarterbacks. I oh, mean, certainly. You know, Kyler Murray is really sensational. Little, you know, little Kyler. Little Kyler. Uh, you look at Brocktober, Iowa State product. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, the Big 12 puts quality players in the, in the NFL. But I think when you look at the. You look at the overwhelming majority um of talent that comes out of the sec if you're the best player in the sec you're going in the draft yeah right and i mean if you're if you're not even the best player in the the sec you're going in the draft i mean i i think i look at you know caleb williams well he was at oklahoma before he was at usc so i guess the big 12 gets a bite out of that apple right right you're gonna get drake may out of the sec you're gonna get michael big Penix energy out of the Pac-12. Jalen Hurts. Jalen, well, yeah, but 
those are guys of yesteryear. I'm talking about this year's draft. Try to keep up, Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at the the names that are going to go at the top of this list, yeah, there's going to be a nice spread. Guys like Dallas Turner from Alabama, you, you, you're absolutely right. So I think the Big 12 does fine in the draft. It does. Uh, Dakota Tubbs, good morning. Texas ruined the Big 12. From the... <laughs> You just choose violence every day. Every Missouri is um, one of the best schools um, ever invented. Monty, the local kids are going to stay. Ma, ma, hey, Monty. You know? <laughs> Monty. Uh, from the very outset of the 90s, the Longhorn Network was the biggest mistake the old Big 12 could have allowed to happen. Everybody was getting a network. Everybody was getting a network. If you're Texas, why wouldn't you want the long the Longhorn Network? Yeah. Now, if you if you look at the way the game has changed, sure. But didn't BYU lead the industry in tier two and three rights? Didn't BYU TV become the model for what people were doing? I think it absolutely did. I I don't think I don't think there is any chance that you can make, in my opinion, a compelling argument that. Texas ruined the Big 12. Yeah, I think Texas was the Big 12, man. Texas was the face of the Big 12 for years. Like, you were the team in that conference for a really long time. And because of that, you got certain opportunities. Like, it, it is I also, what it is. But I also look at the, I also look at the universities who have left. I mean, has Texas A&M thrived in the SEC? No. I know Nebraska has won three straight Big Ten. That's a lie. Um, I, I mean, I, I look at Missouri. Um, I look at – you had no business going to the SEC, and you still have no business being in the SEC. Nebraska has no business being in the Big Ten. A&M has no business being in the SEC. Right. Right? Now, Texas – I think Texas is going to thrive in the SEC. Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma has to rebuild their brand because it has been it has been a, a bumpy road of irrelevance for Oklahoma now for, for for at least since Lincoln left. But as Jake likes to point out every day on this show, Lincoln Riley doesn't win big games. Well, and USC wouldn't be in the top cut. I mean, we all we all know that that USC, you know isn't one of those teams. So, you know, I mean, it's... it's USC's yeah. not him. Right. Exactly. Exactly. USC's not him. Exactly. You know. Uh, Big Daddy Magic, hey, playa. Oh, God. Here we go. Let me... Here, hold on. Here we go. Big Daddy right. Magic. Right. Here we go. Off the big gun with the sweet tongue. The beloved University of Utah will dominate the Big 12s. going to be the nation of domination for the next decade. This is your beloved. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Gerard Jones, OSU, Michigan has to be on Thanksgiving weekend. I agree with that. You're not, listen, You got, it doesn't matter what the Big Ten does. You're not digging with o- Ohio State and Michigan. No. You're, that is, that is, I mean, that is the, the biggest. That Every is the year, dude. That, it, it, as it should be. Yes. They've earned that right. Now, I'm hoping that we can somehow, some way, and, I know we're not set up for this, and I, and listen, you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna use, and I I hesitate to do. Careful it. now, careful. I hesitate to do it. I'm gonna use common sense. What? I know, dude. 
Dude. I shouldn't. That's bullshit. At some point, I, I would love for us to get back-to-back weeks of Ohio State and Michigan, which is currently impossible because they're in the same division. Right. Which, can we can we, can we we fix? Like, the fact that we had to endure. Endure. The fact that we had to endure Iowa. Come on, man. Because but, it's garbage. And now I under expansion and your mom, like I totally get it. But Monty, Iowa hey, Monty. would be in the top cut. Ma- Ma- Monty. They, they were seven and two, Monty. We earned it. Yeah, granted, <laughs> we I mean the Hawks didn't put any offense on the field, and all we did was really our offense that game consisted of some linemen and a punter. Yeah, I know what time it is. But who doesn't like to control field position? Yeah, Monty, it's a special teams clinic. You know, we just never had a chance to run that fake. So we, did Iowa gain an offensive yard in that game? Monty. Um, Anyway, I know it's crazy talk. Yeah. I, I know that I should just shut my mouth and it'd be nice to see Ohio State and Michigan compete for a Big Ten championship. Right. That's all I want. It's and again, it's common sense. I get it, uh, Patrick. Yes, the Big Twelve can survive as a tier two conference. Okay, <laughs> Jimmy Ottson. I can't even remember what Jimmy Ottson said in the comment section yesterday. Jimmy. But I was like, James, it's so good to see you in the YouTube <coughs> comment section. That's <coughs> I said sex tin. Yeah, it's early. You know. Uh, let's see. Edward Wayner. Will the SEC allegedly going to nine game football schedule in 26? Will ESPN extend the ACC TV deal, TV deal until 2036? Oh my God. If they extend the ACC deal again, a Florida state's going to have a hysterectomy <laughs> and an aneurysm, <laughs> right? Like they're, they, they will, bro. I believe they will begin bleeding from the ears. Dude. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. Oh, yeah. Breaking news. The ACC, uh, you know, they uh, extended their contract with ESPN until 2050. Wow. The ACC. (laughs) No. Uh, Deal until 2036. SEC supposedly will have to pay three to five million per SEC team for the ninth game. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think I think the 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 thing that matters is the SEC and the Big Ten Alliance and how that drives. I think the ACC is irrelevant. Yeah. I, Ohio State fan, I know. I know. Rock Chalk Seminole. We get it. Right. Um, I understand that you you already crowned Clemson and Dabo doesn't use the portal. Right. I understand. In God's yeah. name, listen, image, and likeness. Listen. Duke football is coming. Oh, Duke is Duke. Duke football's coming and Riley Leonard's and, not. And it's 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 Louie. We get it. The ACC is irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, it, but honest Monty, to God. Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. I I listen. I remember Boom. Lamar wearing that red satin jacket. Uh, and said <laughs> nobody ever. <laughs> because nobody cares about ACC football. No. I mean, I I understand that I'll stop. You get my point. The SEC, three to five million dollars. I, I, honest to goodness, I believe they burn that every day to start fires. They kindle that <laughs> much money. Like they're going to schedule correctly. Greg Sankey is a very, very good businessman. Yeah. And he is going to schedule those ninth games to matter. You 
That's your bottom dollar. And again, it's why the Pac-12 is dead and George Klyovkov's getting terminated. Because you didn't understand that schedule matters, you pricks. I don't really get it. Right? Like, well, you know, we got to find somebody to play on Friday night in cold weather and snow and, and you know, in, in you know, Texar, Spokane. Bodix is playing well. So you sent USC multiple times to play in cold weather on a Friday night and a late kickoff with your lawyer and running the instant <coughs> replay room. I will never forget that dude. Assholes. Holy like, cow. do you guys understand that the pack? No, I'm not. No, 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 George, no, Georgie no. Pooh. I'm not going down your rabbit hole. I would all I'm, do respect, which is not a euphemism for anything. I promise you. <laughs> Good morning, John. Try. Good to see you. Uh, Stepanek. I remember when they said West Virginia would dominate the Big 12 when they joined. Utah will be good. They won't dominate the Big 12. It's one man's opinion, right, is another man's treasure. I think that if Utah doesn't dominate the Big 12 this year, I'd be shocked. Right. That program is locked and loaded every year. Their line play in the trenches is second to nobody. Yes. It, it is. And it's it's the same. They they they're the Chicago Bears. They never have a quarterback. They always have defense. Correct. And I at some point that's got to change. OG Gary breaking ACC extends uh, deal until twenty eighty nine with one year option add on to potentially bring the deal to twenty ninety. Each school gets paid three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news: FSU leaves the ACC to form its own country in Texas. <laughs> That's amazing. Gary, how would that make you feel as a Florida State fan? You I'm know, curious. Would that, would that be tough? Or? But more more so, how would that make you feel as a Boston College fan? Because that's... Yeah, Bill O'Brien's been a you know a sensational hire for you guys so far. Dakota, if Missouri <laughs> doesn't belong in the SEC... Oh, boy, here we go. Okay, hold on. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. Oh, Monty! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Monty. If Missouri doesn't belong in the SEC, then Tennessee doesn't either. So now it's about another school. <laughs> Mom, I dump, I took a dump in my pants. Why'd you do that? Because Trevor did too. Uh, if if we, hey, Monty, if we want to, <laughs> if we want to talk about on-field results, Missouri has more ten-win seasons. Listen, listen, Monty, that's not fair. Our field goal kicker has 10-inch spikes in. Find me another team that's got a field goal kicker with 10-inch spikes, let alone 10-inch cocks. <laughs> I mean, how many universities have a kicking room where everybody wears 10-inch spikes? Nobody but Missouri. We belong Yay. in the SEC, right? Uh, 10 win seasons and been to more conference championships than the Vols. Okay. I mean, listen. The balls jumped <laughs> off that cliff. We deserve to jump off the cliff too, right? I mean, if if you look at what Wachahatchee Sweater Knitter University did, we've got more wins than they do. I doubt that. I'm sorry. Did you just and all mining voice aside? Okay. <laughs> did did you just compare yourself to Tennessee? 
Um, um, Did you just, do you, you just said that Missouri should be compared to Rocky Top. You know. Quinn Snyder thinks that's a dumb comparison. You ten- Not about Tennessee, dude. Dakota? Whoever came up with that shit need to be fired. 100 proof is not good for you at 8 in the morning. It's not. Well, again, that's just my opinion. Right. You, you cannot possibly believe that Missouri should be compared to South Carolina or Kentucky. South Carolina. Arkansas, nobody cares about Arkansas. Make bacon. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but you're not going to compare Missouri to Tennessee. Are you out of your mind? Dude, I, I, I don't. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I don't Come know. Come on. Uh, Big Blue Horses says go Gators. Okay, that's fine. Okay, that's cool. 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 That's cool. I mean, cool. Cool, 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 cool. 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 Gumby Fresh Out says, yay. Um, Dakota Tub, since we joined the conference, I did. Feel free to check the stats. Who cares? Who ca- Do you understand? And I, again, I understand you dirty millennials. No redos. <laughs> life, there was life on earth. Money, money. There was life on earth before you popped out and, you know, banged in your mom's thighs. Tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I still maintain nobody knows what that drop says. Play it again. Tough shit. Nobody. Anyway, where were we? Oh, your mom's thighs. Nobody. That, football happened before you were born. Legacy and tradition matter. You're 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 really trying to tell me that you believe you're on par with Tennessee. I don't know if you know this. Peyton Manning disagrees with you. But like, what are you talking about? You're on par. What you know, Dakota. So Dakota, this is the same Dakota uh, tubes that came on this show and, and talked about how great Tucker was with Vladimir Putin. How dumb do you think I am? And that it was important that we hear Vladimir Putin's perspective. <laughs> see what he said too. So much on Missouri. It weren't luck. Look, Bonnie, <laughs> ain't no way to slice it. Me and my Dude. sister wife, listen to me. We're on par with Tennessee. Fat oh, Phil Fulmer. Oh we're on par with Fat Phil. Peyton Manning, screw him. Vladimir Putin yesterday. <laughs> and I believe he started it with somebody tell Thack of the Tubs that Tucker Carlson didn't ask any questions. I can't remember the phraseology. That- he goes, he goes, I was surprised that Tucker didn't interrupt me more. It was disappointing because I I had my answers ready and was expecting a better interview. Oh my God. Vladimir Putin wrecked wrecked Tucker Carlson. <laughs> but Dakota, you do you, bro. I, I'm here for it. Keep telling me that Missouri is on par with Tennessee. <laughs> oh man. OG Gary, are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only 10 I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. D- 
Dakota Tubbs. At some point, I thought the on-field results mattered. The, you mean the ones that happened before you were born? Where ten, <laughs> bro, come on. Uh, Chad Carter, Monty, it's been fixed. No Big Ten divisions beginning this fall. Yes, I. I want to see Ohio State and Michigan play the last game of the year, and then go play for the conference champion. Now that's probably not going to happen for many years, because I was shook. Did you guys hear Sharon Moore's not going to coach the offensive line? I'm a little surprised by Why? that. Why? Well, I, I understand you're the head coach at Michigan. And I, I'm being serious. Did you guys hear this? That Sharon Moore is not going to be involved in the, the day-to-day offensive line coaching. You're the best offensive line coach in the country, dude. What are we talking? You. That's kind of crazy. It's crazy, I have to think. Anyway, I should read the rest of Dakota Tubbs. Yeah, comment. you know, you don't want to shortchange him. Uh, I'm stuck in floodwaters because our levees broke and I can't fix them. Okay. All right. I mean, Jake will give you his life preserver. If yeah, you want. dude, you want you want my life preserver? Uh, Dakota, all I'm saying is uh, sometimes I, I wish hot take guy and Dakota, I think very much is hot take guy. I wish you guys thought about the things you said before you said it. Yeah. And, and I, I'll, I will do you the justice of of looking up Tennessee. Do you understand how many wins that program has? Do you understand that? I, I, I mean, just there to motherfucker. They've been playing since 1800. Hey guys. Do you understand? They've been in the sec since 1896. <laughs> <laughs> Look, money. That doesn't matter. Nothing happened. I remember that when my shoulder hit my mom's thigh, I said to myself, go Tigers. <laughs> I said 1896. You know. And you're like, oh, well, you know. Money. Never mind that, you know, they have 12 national championships dating back to 1914. With all due respect. They won the national championship in 1914. Well, look, Bonnie. Times change. Times change. And I'm telling you. <laughs> do you understand that, like, they've got, uh, uh, anyway. How, how many, how many is it? What, like, how many national championships? 12. So national... not one or two or three, but 12. And, like, Peyton Manning, Johnny Majors, like, Reggie White. Doug Atkins, like, do you understand? Do you understand? I, I, you, you, I think you do. I think you just don't have the information in front of you, mm. or you like just looking. I, I, no, I'm not. I don't have to explain. Are you out no. of your goddamn mind? Eighteen ninety six. They've been in the league since eighteen ninety six, dude. And you're like, are you oh, out of your goddamn Monty. mind, Bonnie? Listen. Quinn Snyder. <laughs> I don't it's even know her. Right, look, Chase Daniels. Without the S. Ain't nobody give a piss about nothing but the Tigers. Yeah. You know? Come on. I don't give a piss about Dakota. nothing but the Tigers, baby. OG Gary, go Tigers. Go Tigers. You know. It just is what it is. Anthony Eason. Uh, I like to see all conferences dissolve. Let's see who can really stand on their own and quit uh, hiding behind a league name. 
Do we have teams that hide behind a league name? What I think, and this is my opinion, you should get one cupcake. You should be able to play one diesel engine tune-up school every year. (laughs) And that's the first game of the year, right? Alabama playing Turner Diesel Engine Mechanics Certification University. Look at you. Cool, man. But then it's conference games straight down the line. Yeah. And and the only caveat should be, okay, well, if we're going to play nine games, those other three games, one of them can be, again, your mom's sex toy manufacturing factory <laughs> flag football powder puff game. Knock yourself out. <laughs> I think those other two games, you need to have some flexibility in scheduling. Yeah. And I understand un, unholy natural rivalries like USC and Notre Dame, which are not conference-affiliated games. But I think you need to. we need to stop the McNeese State or the directional Alabama versus Alabama. Or right, right. Georgia and Alabama not playing should never be ever uttered again. We should never utter Georgia and Alabama are not playing this year. Tennessee and Missouri have to play every year because they're on. My point is, I don't disagree with the notion of, you know, hey, get rid of the conference. In theory, that's cool. That's not practical. Yeah, it's not. And what it does is it knocks out the little guy. The G5 has no chance in that case. Nope. And again, there's two things that I am going to probably die on this hill of. Dakota Tubbs is hot take guy and the NCAA is not being dissolved in the big 10 and the, the sec are not trying to do that. Nope. They just want to make that money and they're doing it the right way. God tier is coming. And that's what the sec and the big 10 are preparing for. God tier is coming. Uh, Boyd Lake Dakota Tubbs is getting the Putin hammer. Can you believe that it went this bad for Tucker Carlson? You guys. What what a what a bait and switch this was, dude. Hey, yeah, oh yeah. What you know, just a king's arrival when Tucker rolled up. Do the they interview. gave him a state visit arrival? Then after the interview's over and he's gone and the dust settles, you mock him for how crappy the interview was. But they get they they gave him a uh, an American political prisoner right to take home with him. Oh wait, they said no to that too. Like, you got your ass kicked, yeah. bro. Uh, OG Gary, Utah is playing SUU. Our C team will smoke them by 50, right? Okay. Time for the scout team. Quite literally it's kickoff, right? <laughs> and every, every Utah fan at that point is going to be like, God damn it. Where's Cam and Brant? Are they not going to play this year? Utah's hiding injuries. Why are they covering it up? You anyway, I'm going to go be a BYU fan said no Utah fan ever. <laughs> I, I really should stop. Yeah. Stepanic, everyone should play the banana slugs. LOL. Seriously. Okay. Here's Jenny. Now, Jenny, the quarterback, starting quarterback of the banana hammock slingers. Um, she is in charge of the stitching here at the banana hammock factory. The CAC. Chrissy, please have a serious comment so we can get back on track. Uh, that's why I love Pac-12 conference uh, co's. They play each other. <laughs> 
uh, each other and not afraid to take losses. SEC only plays eight conference game is a travesty. Well, that's going away. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's a travesty. The And I, I don't think it's something to be proud of that the Pac-12 played each other and, oh, my God, we're playing. We're playing a lot of conference. Right. Because it's why you rarely got into the college football playoff. Yes. I mean, if we're being honest, you right? You screwed yourself every year, man. You wanted to be a trendsetter or whatever it is you thought you were trying to want to be. And it just didn't work out. So is what it is. Gumby fresh out. Uh, North-South Georgia Directional School of Forklift Certification School. What? Now, listen. This lever here. Hey, Monty. You never um, touch this lever right here. Um. Right. No. Giggity. Tucker must have uh, never heard if it seems too good to be true. Dude. Yeah, he got uh, he got piped And listen, that. I think you are probably, you know, you are probably just as ecstatic as one can be when you get the call and it's like, hey, um, hey, bro, it's Vladimir Putin. How are you? Hey, Tuck. <laughs> What's up, Tuck? <laughs> Why don't you come hang out at the Kremlin? We'll play around a round of golf. We'll sit down for an interview. We'll give you a state welcome. You can even stay at the Four Seasons right next to the Kremlin. You know, it'll be it'll be a great time. Don't, I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend you touch the doorknobs in this town. You know. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Little residue will do somebody bad. Like I'll do you dirty, boy. But uh, you know, come on over. We'll have a talk. Bring a camera. We'll videotape it. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Like how excited was? Can you guys imagine? You're like ring, ring. Uh, hello. Uh, yes, I'm looking for Tucker Carlson. I don't know what voice that is. Uh, I, yeah, that, that it's Tuck. Uh, I have Vladimir Putin on the phone for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. It's not a video call, Tuck. They oh. are. Straighten the bow tie. Uh, okay, I'm ready. Like wh when they say yes, you can come to Russia and interview Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Do you just immediately? Yes. Like, is it just that's, that's all he wants, dude? And then it turned out. I almost feel bad. I and I, I we talked about this last. I feel bad for Tucker. Yeah. Because my God, just crazy. And donuts. Thanks, Dakota. I thought I was hot take guy. No, you're not. You're not. Uh, let's see. Stepanic. Uh, should the Ivy League have joined Division One football again? No. No. Harvard's a mess right now. Um, David Ute fan said no Utah fan ever. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Anthony Eason. So Vanderbilt is going to God tier. No, again, that's not okay. I should read the rest of the comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rutgers, Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois. Give me a break. It's, it's not see. And again, I don't know you, Anthony Eason, but this is clearly, I think probably your first day on the show. This upper tier that everybody's talking about and Charlie Baker proposed and the big 10 and the sec are taking real action on doesn't mean that the conference goes away. It doesn't mean that Vanderbilt's in the God tier. What it means is in the big 10, Ohio state and Michigan, Penn state, USC, Oregon, Washington, I would guess Nebraska. You need a certain volume of your conference. But of course. is Minnesota going to the God tier? No. Is Georgia Tech going to the God tier? Is nope. Vandy? Is nope. in football, is Kentucky going to the God tier? Maybe. No. But it's going to require you to have a significant war chest and liquidity. 
because you are going to have to pay kids more. You are going to have to infrastructure for those kids more. You're going to have to staff more. You're going to have to all of it. The God tier means that you are committed financially to winning every game that you play. And at Vanderbilt, you're more committed to your graduation rate than your conversion rate on third down. Yes. It, it, it And I don't know why people can't wrap their head around the fact that just because the Big Ten joins the God tier doesn't mean the entire conference is going away or going to the God tier. Yeah, and I just don't think it should, it should automatically mean that your conference in totality just automatically gets into the God tier because they won, you know, all these championships 50 years ago, right? Like, I do think that there are, there is no getting around the fact that, you know, the, the, some programs just have that nameplate brand size and some, I agree. And they will get in just on that alone. And, and you just got to deal with that. Uh, Dakota Tubbs. I, Hey, I have a Monty Shogram title. I'm the hot take guy. You're a character on the show. There's no doubt about that. You took Tanner Plummer's place. Uh, let's go. Want another hot take? Old Miss, Missouri, 2024 SEC championship game. Calling it now. Loser gets demoted to Tennessee's level. Exactly. Thank you. Nice. Stay on brand. Mountain Mama. Hello, Mike Smith. It's nice to see that since James is not on much this morning, Dakota Tubbs has taken over as being the new man to trigger Monty on a regular basis. Hey, trigger Monty. <laughs> the Monty Show official ambassador. Who did he get to say hello to us the other day? Uh, Gary Payton the third. Gary Payton the third. Thank you. He sent me a video of Gary Payton saying New hi, videos. Monty. New videos. Hey, player. Oh, excuse me. Hey, player. Why would anybody want to be BYU? I'd rather be stuck in an elevator with a humongously fat woman with the walking park than be a BYU fan. Okay. Woman with the walking park. This is your beloved. Okay. Okay. Um, Read that one. David Ute fan. Not nut punch for Tucker. Seriously. I feel bad for him, dude. I feel bad for Tucker because you know that he thought it was the beginning of the, the, the beginning of something. Of something. I think that he, ooh, yeah. Expedition Greg, hello. Uh, Gumby fresh out, big daddy, Vladdy. Exactly. <laughs> Jeremiah champion. Hello. Well, hello. Pew, pew. Uh, finally catching a live show. He said love show, but. But you corrected it for him. Cause you're a nice guy. You I read, read the entire, entire comment. comment yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, morning guys have a kick-ass day. Appreciate the good vibes. You sent me and my students. Uh, they got third place. Nice. Let's go baby. Nice. Nice. Uh, Stepanic. Everyone knows the Monty show is the greatest show on earth. That's right. That's right. Even Jeremiah Champion knows that. Paulo, God has blessed Texas with all money. We should win in every sport. All money. All money. We got those collectives like we're SMU. <laughs> oh, hey, look. Are you d- on cue? Hi, this is James. Welcome back. Yay. Bo Dix you- is playing well. You didn't see him yesterday. Do you want to wish him a happy Valentine's Day since you, you, you know, you guys are. You know, whatever it is you guys are. We're not anything. Do you want to wish him a happy Valentine's Day? No. Your girlfriend's out of town right now. No, I can't do that, dude. Why? Uh, Because I'm not wishing 
James a happy Valentine's James, Day. James, I wish you a happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing that, man. That's you know. That's, so wait, you let know. me get you said you I love him on the show. Right. That was a friendly gesture. It's a friendly gesture. I was trying to be nice. The Big Ten and the SEC can't break away from the rest of college football. The only conference would the other conferences would sue and claim they are going for a monopoly, which is illegal. Um because it's illegal. I don't know if you know this. College football has an antitrust exemption. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your get your dude in line, bro. There, they the NCAA has an antitrust uh, exemption, which is being challenged in court. Yeah. Um, which allows them to not worry about monopolies, and they would not get sued for monopolies. I don't believe they would get sued at all. And they're not trying to break away. Would you say from the rest of college? They're not trying to break away from no. they, they need the rest of college football. And I know we've talked about this a lot. Jake yeah. Retzloff from BYU in 10 minutes. They need the rest of college football. It, it, it there's no, in no way, shape or form. Can the sec and the big 10 just play each other and thrive? That it doesn't in what world does that work? Yeah. That's limited TV viewership, limited TV money, limited partnership, limited everything. Pretty much limited everything. Yeah. That doesn't they need you whether you want to in, embrace the fact that Greg Sankey, and I think he said this a thousand times. We need a national sport, college football needs to be a national sport. So how does regionalizing college football meet his goal of being a national sport? It doesn't. Because very much, and I think Chris Del Conte at Texas made this point yesterday in the interview, we're not trying to be Stanford and Cal and fly all the way across the country every weekend. Why is the SEC such a good fit for Texas? Because they're already in SEC country. They're regional jetting to their games, man. Like Texas to Florida is not a long flight. Texas to Tuscaloosa, Texas to yeah, name it, is not a long flight. So if you look at if you look at the SEC, there's a reason the SEC is the most well healed and well supported conference in the country because they have a really good business model. So I understand what your point is that you feel like the others would revolt, but there won't, there's not, in my opinion, you're not going to see the big 10 in the sec trying to move away from everybody. Like there, there's just, and there's no feasible way for them to do that. You, I would remind you the college football playoff in the NCAA just signed an extension of the, the uh, college football playoff with ESPN for billions of dollars. Do you think the SEC and the Big Ten are going to walk away and not have access to that? Oh, but money, they'll create their own. And where are they going to get billions of dollars to do that? Do you think billions of dollars are just endless? It doesn't make any sense from a business model. And a lot of people have said that. And it it, it just doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Paulo, live forever. Okay. 
Uh, hit the like button, please. Yeah, please hit the like button. There's 133 people watching. We only have 57 likes and we've had a thousand people watch the show. Hook it up. Dakota Tubbs. Guys, guys, guys. If you haven't hit the like button yet, you're a jag off. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Cumby says bingo. Uh, Brandon Butler, Tucker probably got uh, told he can't ask certain questions, then gets blasted for not asking those questions. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's classic, you know, you know, bait and switch out of the Russians, dude. Which is why Fox and CNN and MSNBC and 60 Minutes wouldn't go and interview. Putin. Yes. He agreed to interviews with all those. And if, for those of you who don't know, Tucker Carlson went out and made this big grandiose pre-interview thing on the rooftop at the Four Seasons in Moscow where he was talking about nobody else in you know the Western media has the courage to even request an interview. And then everybody came out and was like, yeah, hey, we requested an interview. Vladdy uh, said yes as long as we gave him conditions, which we were refusing to do. It's called journalism, Tucker. And Tucker was like, we're the only ones with the courage to be here. And then Vladdy was like, no, that's not true. Everybody else asked to come to Moscow and interview me. Um, yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> like, just from the jump, it, it, it went sideways for good old Tuck. Uh, Mike Smith, do not feel bad for Tucker. It was the perfect example of karma. Well, that is. What's a love show? Exactly. Exactly. It, when Jake tells another you know. male on the show he loves him. Stay hard. That's called a love show. <laughs> such as in life. When you and, Jake, when you and Jake, you know, became textually engaged. Did you, guys, did you guys text goodnight last night? No, we didn't. We didn't. Did you really block him? No. Okay. Just checking. But nope. we don't text. Yeah, you do. Why would you <laughs> why would you feel bad for Tucker? Made a lot of cash for Stern. He didn't make a lot. He didn't make a lot of money. He did not. He like his viewer. He he they were talking about that they thought and their hope was a billion views worldwide. They didn't even crack. I think that I think that video got 70 million views. <laughs> Damn. He said it's going to get a. Elon said that they were essentially. Basically, X said, we're going to push this. Everybody's going to see it. And it just did not do very well. And I think it's because it was two hours. The line of questioning was paint drying. It was brutal. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal. Um. Let's see. Big Daddy Magic. Vladimir Laputin. It's not a big daddy. He's never at the monthly meetings at the Boom Boom Room. He is an enemy of human decency and just a, the joke of a human being to me. I would agree with that. Mountain Mama. West Virginia has the coal money and F it. I got nothing. <laughs> We're over here cleaning coal. Hey, money. Uh, go Tigers. Go black. They just want more money and control. They do. Yep. Uh, Gumby fresh out. Cal has Oppenheimer money and Abacus and a pocket protector for everyone. Come play football here. You get a free Abacus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Chad Carter. I know nothing about Utah, so help me out. Would there ever be an appetite for Utah plus fans to join the Big Ten? Oh, my God. They were certain they were joining the well, Big and Ten. Wit, Wit pretty much came out and said after the Big 12 thing got announced that he wouldn't be surprised or he, he said something like, I have to look it up, but he said something like he'd, he'd look forward to playing UCLA again in conference down the line. And the, the words for as long as we are here have been used. 
So, yeah, I think Utah fans would lose their mind if they uh, see you later, BYU. <laughs> Enjoy those cougar tails in the Big That's 12. Right, We're headed to the Big 10, losers. Getting paid. Yeah, that, that would be, oh, my God. Would that not be the worst day ever for BYU fans? Yeah, that'd be tough. Jeez. Uh, Oak State James, uh, sports fan and stadium guru. Hi, this is James. Welcome back. James has a YouTube channel where he uh, does talking series. It on... is championship week. Yay. It's from his YouTube channel uh, where he talks about all the new stadiums across the country. Because you go check it out. Uh, yes, college football should be a national sport. We have four top conferences in the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC. And a group of six close behind. I did not know that. Well. Did you know that they're the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12, and the ACC, and then there are six other conferences <laughs> that are close behind? See, this is why I like James. Wow. Because he's so knowledgeable on these things that, you know, it, it really racks my brain. Oh, and there's a new playoff that's going to have 12 teams. Oh. I, I really got to start reading the oh. entire comment. Well, I mean, you got to start reading the entire comment. You got to start watching games. Man. Like, you know, you got to stay in the loop, man. I know I don't ever watch games. Yeah. Like, do you even watch jazz games? No. Um, no. It's not going to take place here. The new playoff with 12 teams, man. I That's James. Thanks for helping us understand college football. Stay hard. <laughs> I love that James. James, I don't know what nickname we'll give James, but we got to come up with one. He's the guy who states the obvious. You guys, you know that Joe Biden is the president of the United States and he was elected in 2020. Um, and that, did you guys also know that he's got a son? No, really? I did not know that. Uh, and, and James is the guy that rolls it out there just like in the middle of conversation. Well, listen, I know that the SEC, you know, has Alabama and Georgia, but Vladimir Putin is still the dictator of of russia i mean so i said yeah I, I, he, and he did this interview did you guys hear he did an interview with tucker carlson and, i'm and, not a big fan of fox you know like just in the middle of conversation <laughs> and listen utsa has a great stadium and their their hot dogs are awesome it is what it is because james also knows uh, if you need to know about concessions in any stadium in the country savant. Well, listen, guys, the Cougar Tail at BYU. Money. The thing that makes a Cougar Tail so special is the dexterity of the outer shell of the donut. The cack. And then you put that layer of caramel um, in, the, in, <laughs> in, the, caramel. in the Caribbean on top of it, and it's amazing. That's why they call it a Cougar Tail, because it's as long as a Cougar Tail. Yay! All right, and donuts. Stanford and Syracuse on the Ocho. Exactly. Uh, Austin to the BTR is a quick flight. That's what I'm saying. Sorry for all us cool kids that, you know, that are, are all of us non-cool kids. The BTR I'm assuming means Baton Rouge. Is that correct? The BTR. Is that what that means? Actually, uh, I think it means Brian Tooley racing. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> I'm guessing it means Baton Rouge. I'm guessing. Uh, Steve Stepanek, like, and share the Monty show every day, hey, Monty. every day. Uh, go black. Just, Ooh. Oh, go black. Balls dropped a little bit there. Balls just let dropped. the, just let the Jeep five have their own playoffs. 
Sooner or later, the sponsors will not pay for UGA versus Toledo as a playoff game. <laughs> awesome. Brandon Butler, who's been a member for 13 months. Oh, so, dude. Let's go, baby. Tucker is now ready to work for the media here in Utah because now he knows what questions he can't ask. What he must get. There was a Amani show run-in with the local media that after Jake Retzloff presented by our good friends at uh, uh, Big O Tires. <laughs> what? Amani show run-in. <laughs> the thing that's amazing to me, and y- you guys tell me, I don't, I don't know. Right. I think I probably, I think I probably just don't realize the, um, I don't know the reach that this show has and I'm not even trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to be, you know, big Dick Nick. I'm truly not, (laughs) but I don't understand how we get into people's heads the way we do. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand it and I want to understand it. Right. Um, and I think that it's probably because I'm so good looking. Right. I think I, I, you guys, I truly think that my, (laughs) and it's not even that I work out and I bench 225. That's not it. I think my inner beauty. Okay. Is, is, is what it is. And, and that's why Jake Retzloff joins the show every week to let my, my inner beauty impact his greatness. (laughs) As a person, Jake, that's why you're on the show, right? 100%. <laughs> no doubt. Jake's like, all right, good seeing you guys. Got to go. <laughs> How we living, dude? What's going on? Good, man. Good, good. Just saw a basketball team take down UCF the other night. Um, that was a fun one. Went, went and saw my Lakers in, in Salt Lake City last night, too, without LeBron. AD dropped for 37 and got the win. Rui. Rui Hashimura with what thirty three points? That dude, that was that dude. Oh my god, he was on fire. He didn't he couldn't miss? It was awesome to watch. That guy. You're not making hands. friends right now, Jake. <laughs> Jake's like, I don't care. Go you know Lakers. What? So what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Oak State James, one of our loyal listeners and Jake's best friend. Um, he's not, but one of our loyal listeners. He is desperate to get a cougar tail. Our cougar tails, the donut. Have you had one? I have had one. Ooh, okay. Do tell. Let's go. Are cougar tails overrated or is the hype worth worth the effort? You know, because there's no way to get one. I think they're properly rated. Because the only way to get one is to go to a it's to go to an event. It, it's like a it's like eating peanuts at a ball game. It's like, you know, it's a it's an event thing. It's like, you know what I mean? And so when you can get one at a BYU event, whether it's a football game or a basketball game or you know, volleyball game, whatever event you get it at, I think it's worth it. I think it's cool. You can't get one for your whole self unless that's insane. They had a kid on the – I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but there's a kid on the Jumbotron at the game just devour an entire cougar tail, became a legend for life. You should yeah, post, For life. Post, for life. For post-game, he's in the uh, – He's in the corridor, just walking, you know, out of the out of stadium, getting high fives from everybody and anybody. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was that was quite remarkable. How many basketball games do you go to? You go to a lot of games. Uh, yeah, I go to a lot of games. It's a lot of fun. I, I like the basketball. I, I mean, the Marriott Center is 
incredible yeah. when it comes to basketball. Incredible. It is. I agree. Um, uh, let's talk a little college football. So when you think about this NIL lawsuit, and we talked a little bit about NIL last week, I'm curious what you think about this. Should Do you believe that universities should be able to pay players directly? Do you think that, and I don't know, I don't care about employee relationships or should a university be able to give a kid directly? Because for everybody who doesn't know, there is a case, and I would think we would get a ruling today or tomorrow, I would hope today, where a judge in Tennessee is going to put an injunction in place that will stop the NCAA from enforcing NIL regulations, which would allow schools to pay athletes directly. Jake, are you in favor of that? Uh, I think it simplifies the process in a way um, because whether we want to believe it or not, like schools have to do with how much kids are getting paid, uh, you know, and so the collectives is kind of them trying to have an organized body to pay the guys. And so if it's the school, I think it might simplify that process. You know, it's, it's just like, it's going to be tougher for smaller market teams and easier for bigger market teams. And that's just kind of how the whole NIL deal is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I think it'll simplify it. Um, you know, with the entire NIL landscape, it's kind of the wild west and it's interesting to see how everything works out every time something new gets put into place. And, uh, that hearing is not the one I'm focused on. The one I'm focused on is the, you know, speakers in the helmet hearing. I can't wait for that one to be decided. Uh, <laughs> Because we start spring ball here in like two weeks. And so I'm excited for that one to it's gonna be interesting to be able to hear your your coordinator in your ear uh during yeah. the game because um and it'll be fun for college coordinators to get used to that. Yeah. How many guys how many guys are just gonna rip their quarterbacks right after they make one iffy decision? You think and coaches then, do that. <sighs> you guys as quarterbacks are so mental to begin with. Are you really going to get here off and do, look, Jake, that was a terrible throw. <laughs> what were you looking at? <laughs> what do you expect? What do you expect your guy to say to you? Uh, I don't expect it to be full on like rippings because those are safe for the sideline. Um, I, you know, I expect it to be more like we're going to, he, he's just going to be like, come on, got to be better. Come on, do this. Think about this. What's, what's cool about the NFL is when they get to talk about that, like I don't know if you've heard the audios and stuff, and like when they talk, they can give them little insights, little reminders, little game plan things Where versus when you're signaling from the sideline, you don't get that. And it's just all up here. And if it's not up here, then it's not up there. And yeah. So it's not going to be on the field. Um, I think that's going to be one of the biggest benefits to it. Uh, and so – It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it works out, and I'm excited for it to get passed. From what I hear, it's it's likely, um, and so yeah. I'm ready for that. It's like, and then the, also the tablets on the sideline is a big deal, and it's kind of part of the same thing. And it's like, yeah. how can how can high school kids have full video on the sideline? The NFL has you know stills photos on the sideline, and we don't have anything. That doesn't make any sense. So oh, I totally agree. And I, it didn't the ACC. It, I think the ACC is instituting all of that, and I I don't. You know, the funny thing is I'm a long-suffering, miserable uh, Chicago Bears fan. We don't have quarterbacks on that team. And Justin Fields said, well, hey, they just need to stop talking to me in my ear constantly. And he was saying that one of the things is that Luke Getze, the now fired offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, because it was all his fault, clearly, um, was over-talking in his ears. He said, the coaches talk too much. Do, like, what do you want to hear? Like, do you want to hear him say, hey, the, 
you know, the, the in was it, Cody was wide open on the in. Like, do you want to hear, do you want to hear that stuff? Or like, what do you want your coach to tell you? Um, you know, it's going to be a funny thing to figure out. Uh, I think he's, it's going to be easy when it comes to like, you know, when it's like a third or fourth read that might've popped open, let's say I tuck and ran the ball front side and got six and he's like, Hey, your backside digs open. It's like something like that. I think could be helpful because that's something that's helpful when I get on the sideline, when I get that information, you know, whether it's from uh, receivers or other quarterbacks on the sideline, like that information is really useful because in, in the past I've used that. It's like, okay, we run a similar play uh, with that same backside dig. And now I'm going through my progression. I can get through quicker thinking that that backside digs open and hit it. And right. so I think that when it comes to that third, fourth level of the play, um, then some insight is good. Also, you know, what to expect, you know what I mean? Like, you know, versus we, we game plan every week uh, against, you know, we try to scheme up plays and formations that they're going to try to be in coverage for. And so if we're going to expect a coverage, it's good to know that coverage. Now, all this stuff is already in your head because you're practicing it all week. So it'll be interesting if like a little reminder is going to be helpful, um, which I, you know, I don't think it would hurt. But, you know, over-talking or thinking about too many things can be an issue at quarterback uh, because you're already thinking so much. And to be honest, on game day, it's just about playing. You know what I mean? Like, you can – you think all you can during the week. But when you run out there on Saturday, if all you're doing is thinking, you're going to be a step behind. So you just got to react when it comes to game day. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting thing to figure out because, I don't know, not a lot of coordinators in the the college football have done it. um, And not a lot of quarterbacks in college football have ever done it. So. Yeah, Jake, I think there was, and I don't know how much you saw, there was a lot made of sign stealing and this whole Michigan thing. And, you know, Matt Rule at Nebraska said that, you know. How would Jake have known that Michigan was stealing signs? I don't know. Are you kidding me? Come on. I knew it. I knew it. Come on. Hey, we need the speaker and the helmet so we don't have to signal in signs. Sign stealer guy. In your experience as a quarterback, is is that a legit threat? I mean, do you, have you ever. You know, have there ever been any suspicions, you know, when you've been playing that the, the other team had your guys' signals? Do you think it's that big of an issue uh, in college football? You know, there is something to it. Uh, like, when we play another – like, we played Southern Utah this year, and they run a very similar offense in us. And, like, their offensive coordinator has worked with our offensive coordinator. And so, like, they go down there, and they're instilling, like, our offense. So, if they already know our offense – then it's not going to take long for them to figure out our signals because it's probably a very similar signals also. Uh, so like things like that. I mean, we play, when we play Utah, it's going to be that every advantage is taken in that rivalry. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody trying to keep, you know, signals and if they pick up on something next thing, you know, the defense is going to figure it out. And so, you know, we've had suspicions in the past that they've been getting our signs. So the first thing we do, we say, all right, whatever, we're just going to go to the wristband and huddle up. And when we do that, we're an efficient offense. So, um, have you ever had like a defender barking your playback at you after you call it out? Like, nah, I don't think so. I think that, I mean, there was one point in, in the Oklahoma game last year, we're running like speed option to the right and freeze option. And, um, and then we, we like motion the back and they were picking up on that. And so we could just check to a different run play. And it was like, okay, so they made one adjustment, um, because we gashed them on that play. It's like, that's still, you know, making adjustments for what you actually see versus uh, picking signs is going to be, you know, there's a there's a gray line, there's a gray area there, and so there's a it there's there's always a way to figure it out, and as long as you got the ability to check with the last scrimmage, which we do, and 
we'll be able to be right all the time. It's not, it's not going to be tough. So yeah. yeah I think, the other thing I'm going to ask you about is um, Super Bowl with Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid on the sideline. So Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey get into this and now Travis Kelsey on his, on his bro love podcast came out and said, Hey, that was a huge mistake. I regretted it. The instant it happened. How often do you, do you get into it with coaches or like not you specifically, but how often do you see coaches and players getting after each other? Does that happen a lot? You know, that's the Super Bowl. That's the biggest game of all time. And the emotions are so high in that game that, and then Travis Kelsey really wants to win, obviously. And, uh, the, and you gotta, the understanding of the emotions is, is hard to do, especially at a a guy like his positions where you're hitting and getting hit and stuff like that. Uh, on our sideline, we, we don't have that kind of thing because, you know, not that we don't have that, that fire, but more like we have the understanding of a plan, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey talked about it. He said he got, you know, his emotions got the best of him. But I thought Andy Reid had a, had a good take on it. He's like, you got to let you got to let your guys be your guys. And Andy Reid handled that perfectly. You know what I mean? Yeah. He kind of shrugged it off. You know, told him to go over there and take his emotions out, and then you know, let him leave him alone. Stuff. Like, and so, I just think that you know, the emotions are the best part of the game. It's what we love about the game so much. It's it's what makes the game exciting. Uh, and so Travis Kelsey, you know. That's the guy who plays with a lot of emotion, a lot of swagger, and so it uh, it got the best of them there. Uh, you, I don't think you'll see that on our sideline. No, mm. uh, there's there can be frustration, uh, but you know I think the pros. It's a little different in the pros versus college football in that respect. And yeah, uh, nobody's ever going to bench Travis Kelsey no matter what he does. He's got to do something crazy. And uh, you know, on a college sideline, I think it's a little different. If you go run into a coach like that, you might not <laughs> play the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah. And, and good luck getting in the game plan next week. So, you know, guys under, you know, understand that, that that's not really something you do. You know what I mean? You can, you can express your emotions another way, go scream at the bench or something, or just go scream into the abyss, into the crowd and get your emotions out. You can go, you know what I mean? And then you can talk yeah. to coach about what went on there and why you think this should happen. And coach will listen. Coach will always like understand our, you know, uh, our voice and our understanding of the game because we're on the field. And so they get that we're seeing things that's harder to see from whether it's the box, or the sideline, and, and they want to hear what we have to say about the defenses and about things we can attack. Yeah. God, could you imagine rolling up on Kalani like that? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Kalani would respond with the same energy though. That's the thing about Kalani. <laughs> He's going to yeah. belly bump you right back or chest bump you right back. And next thing you know, you're like, Oh my God, what are we doing? Are we yelling fast? I don't know. I don't have even you know. Is Kalani Sataki strong? That is a big, thick dude. Like that I is mean, a guy I would. Can you imagine trying to trying to be a linebacker and blocking, having him come at you as a fullback? I couldn't. No, man. Like, no, nah, dude. I I couldn't imagine that. Hey, by the way, uh, real quick, what's on the? Is that your refrigerator behind you? What's on the? Uh, what's on the? What's in the in the snack boxes there, dude? In the, in the snack boxes. This is what I got right now. I'm stocked up. Gotta be hydrated. Got got my smart water. Um, I got these little wheat thins cheese snacks that are pretty pretty fire. I love these. Yes. Yes. I'll just yes. snack on these forever. Uh, also, throwback to like my childhood. I got a ton of uh, 
string cheese in there. String cheese. I could just chew on those all day. Yes. Um, got some Gatorade. I got a lemon lime Gatorade, which is the best Gatorade flavor. What? what? I don't whoa, care. Whoa, 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 That's your whoa. favorite? Straight whoa, up. Whoa, lemon not, lime? Not ashamed about it. Not ashamed about <laughs> it. Down this hill. Tell you what. You know what else is lemon lime? I got a Sprite in here that's lemon lime flavor. Come on. Wow. Okay. That's this awesome. is the only soda I'll drink if I drink any soda. This thing has been sitting in here for probably a month now, at least, because I just don't really drink soda. But, but yeah, I don't drink soda at all. <laughs> I haven't had. Do you know I haven't had a soda in over ten years? Ten years. Ten years, and I don't miss it at all. I drink. I drink a jug of water. I'm. A, I, I'm a guy. I drink a little bucked up every day, but I don't. I'm not a soda guy at all. Uh, at yeah. all. Boy, but you, man, you hand me. I'm telling you what, no, don't even get me started. You're you're testing my soda sobriety with that, because it, it's you know how easy it is too. Are you so? Oh. What's your what's your go to breakfast? Are you a cereal guy, an egg guy? Like, what do you? Uh for me, you know, they provide a lot of good stuff at the facility for breakfast, like breakfast burritos, uh, which I do a lot. But honestly, my favorite thing to go to, to go and get is like, I'll go get an acai bowl, and. I also have like a, a smoothie along with it. And now next thing I know, I'm the healthiest dude, but the cybos are so good because I just put a bunch of stuff on top, whether it's like strawberries, blueberries, yeah. peanut butter, you know, little chocolate flakes, little coconut flakes, like oats. And I just, I love an acai bowl in the morning. It just gets me going. It's, it's, good, it's, good, it's good vibes to start the day with. In my it opinion, is. So. And there's nothing like, man, I'm an oats guy. So every morning I have a cup of raw oats for, uh, for breakfast you put a little shaved coconut mm -hmm. he won't even he won't even look at oats hey, i'm not a big i'm not a big he, oats guy I'll he won't do cereal do all day though yeah do you have do you have a like are you pre-game ritual guy do you eat the same thing before Ooh. before every game or, or where you come down on that um so well we get the same meal before every game team meal it's uh so i guess i do eat the same thing but not not deliberately um but like always have you know, I'm not throwing up like Josh Allen in the, in the locker room, <laughs> which is unbelievable, by the way. I don't, we could talk yeah. about that for a second. Like, I can't imagine throwing up. All right, I'm good. Now let me just mouthwash, rinse oh. it out. Let's oh. go play ball. What? That doesn't – what? Vomit and lemon-lime Gatorade. Nah, rinse, that, rinse that back with lemon-lime <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's brutal. That they have good aftertaste brutal. with the lemon-lime Gatorade, but uh, – yeah, no, I, I can't. I do nothing crazy like that. No, I think uh, I haven't really, you know, had a crazy ritual. You know, in, mm -hmm. in junior college, I picked up the fact that listening to like crazy, you know, hard like rap and stuff like that and getting me hyped up wasn't the best thing for me. I figured that out. One game, I decided oh. I'm just going to uh, go listen to some chill music and just yeah, be not, my own, Now it's Mormon Tabernacle Choir every game, right? Uh, like that's yeah. pounding in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Just blasting on the headphones. That's actually yeah. what the whole locker room is. No and the speakers underneath the stadium. If you guys are wondering what our pregame music is, it's tabernacle choir music. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a good time. You know, we just sing Kumbaya and and hold hands before the game and sway back. It's pretty fun. Kumbaya um, and shit, you know. Yeah, just that's just what we do. That's what a college football team does in the locker room pregame. <laughs> oh, my God. Good to see you, Jake. Uh, Good to see Man. you again. I appreciate you joining us. I know that is this early for you to get up? What are you usually doing right now? I'm I'm up at seven every day anyway. So oh. this is this is cool. God. I'm There's up at no four every day. day. So yeah. Man, can you imagine sleeping till seven? Hey man. Everyone's got their schedule, man. That's cool. That's awesome. I'm hey, on we'll, a, uh, 
We'll talk yeah, to you man. next week as always. Uh, great insight. Enjoy the lemon lime flavors of the week. And uh, we'll talk to you next uh, Thursday. Hey, get on a sleep schedule. We get are on a sleep schedule. That thing is great. It makes me feel great every day. I'm like shut down, no electronics, 30 minutes before I go to sleep. I just read a book for about 30 minutes and then then knock out, wake up at 7 a.m., get rolling. I feel bad because I'm I, I have the greatest. I married way over my head. Dude, you put you. me in a, you lay me down in my bed, I'm out in three minutes max. And that might be that might generous. be that might be generous. <laughs> and I and it's it's wild. Like we you don't care about this. I we wind up watching House Hunters <laughs> International. I watch the Lakers jazz game, House Hunters International. I'm dozing off by the time they make the house selection. Up to bed, brush the teeth, do my thing. I lay down in bed. My wife is like, love you. No, I love you. Out. (laughs) I love you. Yeah. You don't get the whole OU in there. It it just does not happen. Anyway, Jake Retzloff, every uh, Thursday morning at 730. Thanks to our friends at Big O Tire and American Fork, Jake. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you guys. There you go. Jake Retzloff. The idea that we're sitting here like, I wonder what it would be like to have headphone audio. In yeah. college football yeah, is, crazy, is wild to me. I, like I, I, I I've never, I don't know it, it, this whole sign stealing thing. Mm-hmm. I know that people think it was a it was a big deal or whatever. It's not a big deal. Only it's against the rules and yeah, it's a big deal because it's against the rules. But I just think that it, we really don't have audio in college football quarterbacks' ears. Nope, that's crazy. Somehow. Do you like that he went along with the Mormon tablet? Oh, yeah, dude. He went right down the line with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. And and the snack game, those Sargento boxes, oh, the cheese amazing. and cracker boxes, forget it. Unbeatable. Forget it. Um, let's see. Uh, Dustin Osterman, former WWE star Bill Goldberg's son, signed with Duke to play football. I want Spears. That's right. Turnbuckle. Uh, giggity. I would go into a dog fight on the field with this kid every week. He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, Mike Smith, Jake throwing shade on Josh Allen. Big daddy magic will not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Can you imagine throwing up before you go out and play? I can. I'm good, dude. I'm, I'm, I was never, and I've played sports my whole life. I was never nervous guy. I was never nervous before games. I just, I always hated the five, the hardest part for me is, a, especially when I was a starting pitcher, if I was starting that day, the five minutes before I had to walk out, I hated it. It was an hour. It, it was it was absolutely the worst. Yeah. Uh, Retzloff seems like a good guy. Wonder if he'll be able to beat Gary Bohannon uh, in the quarterback battle this spring. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think he will. Yeah. Tanner also says it was funny that Retzloff was going along with the Mormon tabernacle stuff, considering he isn't Mormon. The BYG. Yeah. We talked about the t-shirt. Yes. Duke defense. Call them a spinal squad now. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right. Exactly right. Are we ready to roll? What are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah. All right. The Monty Show is always presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. We'll talk about the whole Utah media controversy tomorrow. We'll have time. Don't worry. We will have time tomorrow. The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.